in your Bibles to the book of Numbers. You've got to remember something. God had a plan for these people. God's plan, it, it endured hundreds of years, but finally, God puts his plan into play and he brings Moses who was the perfect man for, for, to be leader. God chose Moses to be their leader. And he brought him to do the ten plagues. He brought him to walk the people across uh, the Red Sea. He brought him to have to give them manna through and quail and water. And he, he did all that. He had a plan. But his plan involved going up into Israel and conquering it with his power. All things are possible with his power behind you. So these people, you got to remember their plan. They just want to eat. They've been slaves all their lives. They want freedom. They want comfort. They want they want food. So uh, slaves are not necessarily going to make the best army. But with God's help, they'll be, they'll be victorious. Victory in Jesus. So here we go. They have just picked the 12 spies. Now you got to remember, these aren't just anybody. These are are the 12 probably most woods, woods-worthy. They might have been the, the best fighters, the, the, the best walkers or runners, and they were given a pack, and they were sent off into Israel, and they, they, they're coming back. Watch this with me, verse 25. And they, I'm 13, verse 13, verse 25. And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them. Sometimes in the Bible you'll hear this story we're talking about as, as called the defeat at at. Kadesh Barnea, Kadesh Barnea, where the 12 spies all came back and 10 of them said it can't be done, showing a lack of faith on their part. And to the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, and said, We came into the land where thou sentest, and surely it is flowing with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, they brought back, they brought back grapes, giant grapes. Nevertheless, the people, they said, Nevertheless, there's always a nevertheless. Neverthelesses often are what destroys your faith. Nevertheless, the people 
be strong that dwell in the land. Oh, and the cities, the cities are walled and very great. These ten slave slaves had never seen walled cities. Remember, they're from the desert. They're from Egypt. They've been slaves all their life. And to see the walled cities of Palestine were just terrified. We're supposed the wall the walls were so wide that you could drive chariots on top of them. It was enormous and they thought they're thinking to themselves, but they're thinking they can't do it. And they can't without God. But with God all things are possible. There it is nevertheless the people be strong and dwell in the land and the cities are walled. I'm in the middle of verse 28. And they are very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. <gasps> Who are the children of Anak? Well, we've already alluded to it. They're, they're the, the forefathers of uh, David and Goliath's battle, Goliath. They were mighty, mighty strong men. Probably, some people say, nine and ten feet tall and just about as broad. And they were professional soldiers. Goliath was a professional soldier. And they were a race of people that, that lived back then between this period and the 1,000 year B.C., and they terrorized everyone and terrorized the people. Amazing. <gasps> the neverthelesses of life often terrorize us. But with God, what? All things are. We have to remember that. We're going into a time in history when we're going to be outnumbered. If you're coming on Wednesday nights, we're going to be outnumbered. We're, we're going to be hunted down. We might even be being starved. We're, we're coming into a time in history of the world, of the book of tribulation, the last three and a half years. And it is going to be a horrible, terrible time. Don't give in. Don't give up. Please remember that. And even though... I've already, we've already talked about it, but if, if you're still here during that period of time, better to take the blade, the bullet, the torture, than to take the mark of the beast. Better to, better to die than to stay alive with the mark of the beast. Remember that, especially the young ones here that don't come on Wednesday night. Nevertheless, the people be very strong that dwell in the land, verse 28. And the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Enoch there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell on the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And they're saying it like it's impossible. 
And here's Caleb. Caleb. Caleb stilled the people before Moses. And he said, Let us go at once. Let us go at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Didn't deny. He didn't deny their own strength, but with God's strength, Caleb believed so strongly in the power of God and the miracles he had seen. I was going to go through all the miracles with you, but they're so numerous. I was going to go through all the complaining, but they're so numerous. So many times they saw miracles, and so many times they denied God. They rebelled. Verse 31. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. This is the other ten, and the other older ten as well. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search out is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw were men of great stature. Now maybe that's even truer when archaeology has proven and shown that Israelite men were very short. They, I mean, even when we were there, Israelite men were maybe 5'4 in that area. And may have been shorter yet then. But I'll tell you, if I, had, if I had a football team, I would want Caleb to be my running back. This Caleb is amazing. Years later, after they have conquered the land, after they have subdivided it into the 12 counties, an opposing army comes in to get them to take over the land. And they have no strong leader. So the people, even at Caleb's advanced stage, the people go to Caleb and say, lead our people. And I want you to know, sometimes it just takes, it takes someone with great faith, faith in God and his strength to be the leader of, of our people. Remembering that, this about Caleb well, the rest of the people didn't agree with him. Just didn't agree. Verse 33. And there we saw again the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. What we have here is an inaccurate view of the enemy, of our enemy. We have a tendency to puff up and blow up the, our enemy to make them bigger, and we have an inaccurate view of ourselves sometimes. We can't possibly defeat them. They're too many, they're too big, they're too powerful. But when we look at the scriptures, we see 
men and women of faith being so successful in their battles with the ungodly, in their battles with the lost, in their battles with Satan, all because we don't do the fighting, he does. He does the fighting for us. So, chapter 14, verse 1. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, What do you mean we're not going? We can't stay here. What are we going to do? And these ten very well-respected people are saying it can't be done. Just ruined the lives of everybody 20 years old and older. They wept that night. Deep disappointment. They'd already been in the wilderness for 16 months. And they're ready to go. They are ready to go into the promised land that flows with milk and honey. But their leaders had discouraged them. Taken away their courage from them. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would to God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God would to God that we had died in this wilderness. Of course there's a million of them or more. But here they are regretting obeying God and following God. Wow. They wished to die. They wanted another leader. They wanted to go back to Egypt. Wow. Manna that from a chapter or two before. Manna represented what God has for us. It may not be the most exciting plan. It might not be the most wonderful plan by this world standards. But the manna of God and that far country that they're supposed to be conquering, that's God's plan. If God's in it, nobody can be found against it. Verse 3, and wherefore hath the Lord, why did the Lord bring us up into this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? It, down through history, sometimes it's come a choice to let's protect our wives and children or... Let's obey God and forget that he can t protect our, our wives and children. He can protect our families. He's already taken that into account when he tells us to go and do something that we're supposed to be doing. They're using wives and children as an excuse not to go. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces. In verse 5, before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel, and Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, 
the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, Joshua and Caleb, they ripped their clothes in frustration at these people. And they spoke unto all the company of the children of Israel. This is Joshua. The land which we passed through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us our land. Huh. A land which flows with milk and honey. Now remember, let's put ourselves into that, that position. All they had was to drink was water and milk and some distilled alcoholic beverages too. So, flowing with milk and honey. Verse 9. This is still Josh. Only rebel not ye against the Lord. Neither fear ye the people of the land. For they are bread in our hands. Their defense is departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Fear them not. So we have these two young spies, these two young men, and actually we've already had a, uh, a sampling of Joshua being kind of like a under, an under-captain who was in charge of some of the armies already. So Joshua is proving his worth. Caleb is proving his worth. He, they're differing with all the others. So what should we do? I know, let's kill them. Let's just kill. Anyone that disagrees with us, let's kill them. And that's where it was at that point. Oh, and God was so angry. He had a plan. And they didn't have the faith to obey and to follow through with his plan. So he's going to put a curse on them all. The ten the ten spies that came back with the, what's called the evil report, the disbelieving report, they're going to die. They're all going to... Because of lack of faith and trust in God. Verse 10. But all the congregation said, Stone them with stones. Why? Because they differ with you? It even almost sounds like our own political system. If, you're, if you differ with us, you must die. Hasn't gotten that strong yet. But all the congregation invited them to stone them with stones. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. God intervenes. Oh. There's so many instances. Even here. And in the next. In the next chapters. We, when we see Joshua at Jericho. And the city of Ai. And, and on and on. And then when we see the prophets. The miracles that the, that the prophets go through. And then 
David himself with the miracles. There were some battles. David would attack a whole army with just a few men. And before they, before they attacked, the trees would all wrestle and make noise like there was a, an opposing army ten times their size and everybody would run. God is so powerful. There is nothing he cannot do. You may not need his power now, next month, next year. We need to learn to trust what he can do. Don't trust your own power. Don't trust yourself. Trust what God can do. And I say this to our youth. I want our youth to look at me for a moment. I want you to understand something. The majority do not make it right. When you are outnumbered by so many other, I want to say, bad teens or bad kids, when they outvote you, when they, when they persecute you, when they want to kill you, that's, not, that's pretty drastic, don't cave in. In many cases, especially with especially with Christian youth, the minority is right, not the majority. Think about whose world we live in. We live in Satan's world, a world of, of pleasure and deceitfulness. So this is just an instance, again, where 10 against 2, and the 2 were right, and the 10 are going to die for being wrong. Verse 11, the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be before they believe me for all the signs which I have showed among them? I will smite them. That smite's a strong word. I'm going to kill them all. I'm just going to kill them. I'm done with them. This is the second time. God has said, I'm just going to kill them all and start all over with you and your family. I will smite them with pestilence. I will disinherit them. They're not going to be my people anymore. And I will make of thee a greater nation and mightier than they. I want you to understand how much God respects faith. How much God respects obedience how much God respects trusting him because he has a plan and no matter what the world is doing or saying no matter what happens follow God trust God no matter what verse 12 I'm just going to wipe them all out and start all over with you and again Moses intervenes and Moses says unto the Lord, No, Lord, the Egyptians shall hear of it, for they brought us up this people. They're going to say they came out and that you killed them. And they will tell it to all the inhabitants of the land. Verse 14. For they have heard that thou art Lord, art among this people, that thou art, that thou, Lord, art seen face to face, and that thy cloud stand the cloud stands over them, and that thou goest before them by day and by night. Now, 
If thou shalt kill all this people as one man, then the nations, two reasons why you can't kill them, what will the Egyptians think of you? What will the rest of the nations think of you? Now, if thou shalt kill, verse 15, all this people as one man, then the nations which have heard the fame of thee will speak, saying, Because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land which he swore unto them, therefore he hath slain them all in the wilderness. Now, we're going to see a time out. We're going to see another one of those, those divine delays. God had a plan. But the people aren't obedient. They're too weak. They have a slave mentality. It's nothing to God to wait for 40 years and have a whole new generation of fighters. Have a whole new generation of people that weren't slaves most of their life. Remember now, God has been around a long time. And 40 years is not that much to him. So that's what God's plan is going to be. All right, I won't kill them if you think the Egyptians will think bad of me. Okay, I won't kill them if you think the Canaanites will think bad of me. But, but... Verse 17, and now I beseech thee, let the power of my Lord be great. That's still Moses speaking. As thou hast spoken, the Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy. He's forgiving iniquity and transgression and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. I hope you read that. I hope you understand that. Because God is forgiving. God is a forgiving person. He is merciful. But the sinful life that we might lead in front of our children. Gets passed down because they saw it. They were witness to our habits. They were, they were witness to the way we treat each other, the way we treat others. And they're witness to our sins. And even though they might, they might be able to clear their, their hearts, clear their hearts before God, they still have that example that the parents and the grandparents led. Reading that last phrase again. Got to find it. Verse 18, the Lord is long-suffering, and he is of great mercy. He is forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generations. Pardon, I beseech thee, the, the iniquity of this people. Moses is pleading for a pardon. According unto the greatness of thy mercy, and as thou hast forgiven this people from Egypt, even till now. 
And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word, but, oh, the buts are terrible. The consequences of sin and rebellion, the consequences of, of disobedience. But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in, in Egypt and in the wilderness and tested me now these ten times and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swore unto their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoke me see it, except my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, and hath followed me fully. Him will I bring into the land whereinto he went, and his seed shall possess it. Now, we, if we were to go on, it's not just, it's not just Joshua. Joshua is going to become leader 38 and a half years from now. And Caleb is going to be his right-hand man. So Caleb and his faith, because of his, he tried to convince the people, God's going to reward him now. Look at the downside. Has anyone ever experienced terrible times for doing the right thing? Yes. This is another story of, of Caleb and Joshua. They did the right thing, but they're going to have to circle around the desert, living in tents, barely eking out an existence for 38 and a half years. 38 and a half years from now, they're going to cross over the Jordan River on dry ground and, and attack, oh, and attack Jericho, which at that point in time was totally humongous walls, a, a, a castle that could not be taken. Wow. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwelt in the valley. Tomorrow turn ye and get you to the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. Turn back. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, how long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmur, complain against me? I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel which they murmur against me. And unto them, as truly as I live, says the Lord, as you have spoken in mine ears, so will I do to you. Your carcasses shall fall in the wilderness. And all that were numbered of you, according to the whole number, from twenty years old and upward, which have murmured against me, doubtless ye shall not come into the land. Now, you might want to do this for fun at home, the calculator, but bare minimum, there's a million people there. In 40 years, in 40 years, that this million people will be dead. Dr. Harold Bloomington says that's 200 
funerals a day. 38 and a half years. That's incredible. And I, you think about how many days there are in, in 40 years, roughly, and you gotta, you got to kill off a million and a half people or two million people. We don't ever really know. We're going to see. They're going to have funeral services every day for 40 years, roughly, until this curse is worn off and the older generation is gone, the generation that has no faith, the generation that would not obey, he's going to kill them off. And they're going to have some interesting battles in the meantime. Lord, go with us into our lives, into our homes, Lord. Help us, dear Lord, to exhibit faith and trust in you. And that we acknowledge and know that all things are possible with you. Even when everyone else says that they're not, they are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this church up on a hill. Asking you, Lord, to bless it and multiply it and help us, Lord, to live it in faith, encouraging one another. Thank you again. Get us through the rough times. In Jesus' name, amen.